You know, that lady up in the corner takes a lot of self-control. I do really good in a donut shop until I walk in there. <laughs> and then when they say, Mr. Cannon, we have hot donuts this morning. Would you like one or four? Guess what I choose. <laughs> I don't know who just said that, but you're really close. That's hard. Food is a temptation, isn't it? And then none of us have this problem, the couch potato. And it's, you know, it's no longer today, we no longer have one remote control, but as this guy is holding three or four, it takes a lot of those gadgets to, to work one little TV. And then our wallets open up, and this is a really uh, temptation right now with holidays around, okay? And you walk in every store, and it is already Christmas time, okay? And if you have not already started shopping or finished shopping, you are way behind, right? And then we have these next ones that you know, anger kind of builds up, and then the one where, do you ever struggle with, boy, I really want to say something, but I better zip it, because I know if I say something, it's probably going to get me in more trouble. You know, those temptations come. And then the idea of just accumulating and just getting more and more. And then what about the self-control that we have with our kids? Do we ever say something in a manner to our kids that we wish right after we said it we could just take it right back because that's really not the, the way we wanted to do it, but it just came out? Well, that happens. We're all guilty of that. Now, we're never guilty of saying something to a referee, are we? I mean, because referees are always right. They always make the right calls. It always goes in your favor, right? That is a big temptation if you're sports fans, and especially if you're live right there, and if your precious grandson or granddaughter is involved, man, it's really hard to practice that self-control. Now, we laugh about some of these matters, but these are daily struggles that we face. I mean, what you see on the screen in front of you is life in and of itself. And there's a whole lot more that we could have put up this morning that we have to watch what we say and what we do and try to practice a little self-control. See if you can identify with this scripture. Paul says it like this in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. I don't really understand myself for what I want to do, what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I mean, we want to gain control in these areas of our life. And so we set out on this path and we try so hard and we work so hard at it. And we read books and we pray and then we like to blame other people. And maybe those things work for a little while but nothing really seems to stick, and then eventually we just give up thinking, you know, I just, I can't do it. It's hopeless. And then we read this passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 7, verse 18, should be on the screen, and I know that working, that nothing good lives in me, that is in my sinful nature. I want you to remember that phrase this morning, sinful nature, okay? I want to do what is right, Paul says, but I can't. 
You ever say those words? Those words bring life to you this morning? What the Bible calls our sinful nature, I want to remind you today of this. It is with you when you wake up. It's with you when you go to sleep at night. It's with you at work and at home. It's with you even right here at church. It's with you in public and private. It's with you in all of your relationships. And it has a real tendency to really make a mess out of your life. It's there. That's a reality. The sinful nature is there. You go back to the garden. Go back to the beginning of time with Adam and Eve. Do we not see the idea of being selfish and living a selfish life and living a life that we want? Do you not see that just radiate off of the pages? And then you just continue to read God's Word and it comes to life to help us realize the sinful nature is always there. It is always at work. But I pray this morning that maybe we can look at some scriptures and maybe we can say some things to help us realize our life is not hopeless. We don't have to stay the way that we are. That's why God sent His Son in the flesh to come and to redeem us and to help us realize we don't have to stay this way. We don't have to just have this daily battle and this daily struggle because we're going to learn that God, with His Son Jesus, He also has His Spirit that He sends to us that comes to take up life right here in our heart. And what Paul says is, every day of your life, you live in such a way that you are keeping in step with the Spirit and not your sinful nature. So let's look at it this way before we open up some scriptures. Self-control is that steady capacity to resist temptation and direct yourself to accomplish what you have chosen or decided to do and be even though that you don't feel like it. Okay? Now think about that. Self-control is that capacity to say no to whatever temptation it is and direct yourself in another direction. Look at it this way. It's the ability to say no right here and the opportunity to turn around and to be faced with some good choices that God says will bless your life if you do that. But you know what we struggle with? Man, here's self, and here's the selfishness, and here's that sinful nature, and here's that tendency that Satan brings us over and says, man, if you'll just be involved in this and participate in this and buy this and, and have this, or if you'll just say this to somebody in, in a bad way, man, you'll just feel so much better about yourself. And then we hear that voice from God that says, you need to be careful. You need to watch that voice and you need to realize I give you the power to live a self-controlled life. I give you the power 
not from your own self, but I give you that power to do something that's not natural. Okay? We'll come back to that in a minute. So, you have self-control when you're able to do what you intend to do and resist what you don't want to do. And so a key question this morning that I want us to look at, how does God free me from addictions or from habits that shouldn't be there in my life? And this idea is, I have the power through Christ to control myself. Paul says it like this in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And so, every day of life, it's nothing new. It's what Jesus reminds us of that we have to do every day of our life. As Peter gives the great confession about Christ in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, he said to them all, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up the cross daily, and follow me. You mean it's a daily thing that I have to surrender myself? It's a daily thing that I have to surrender my wants and my wishes and my desires? Yes, and you know why? Because some of the things that we want and that we desire are not good for us. They're not healthy. God says, you don't need that. Do you see what, how Peter said it this morning? His divine power has given us everything that we need. Everything for life and godliness. And so self-control may not be a natural tendency, but it's a supernatural one. Look at these words in Galatians chapter 5. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so all these virtues that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks in this series are things that, listen to me, there are things that we cannot manufacture, that we cannot just make happen in our life. Okay? The tendency that we have is, well, I just need to work harder. I just need to try harder in my life, and I need to just follow the rules. But you know what? Those are not the character traits that are there. But rather, it's fruit. The fruit of the Spirit are traits that God produces in us through His Spirit as we grow in our relationship with Christ. So, put two and two together. If you're not growing in your relationship with Christ, you're probably not producing fruit. Okay? And so, if you step back and look at that, should we be surprised by that? Paul says, if you want that fruit to come out of your life, and Jesus even says it this way, People will know who you are by the fruit that you bear. And self-control happens to be one of those fruits. I want you to turn to Titus chapter 2 for a minute. 
Titus chapter 2. Before I read verses 11 through 13, I want to start back in chapter 1. And I want you to put yourself in Paul's place. And here's here's what Paul says to Titus. The reason I left you in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town. So you think about it. You're on this island. Obviously, there are things that were left undone. There are things that need to be corrected. There's teaching that needs to be done. And Paul looks to Titus and says, Hey, by the way, I'm leaving you here on this island, and I want you to straighten it out. Okay? And one way you're going to do that, you're going to appoint godly leaders that are going to help with that and help set that model and that example. Well, then, he says, here are the kind of people that you're living with. Verse 12, even one of their own prophets has said Cretans are liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true, therefore rebuke them sharply so they will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the commands of those who reject the truth. And then verse 16 says, They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, they're disobedient, they're unfit for doing anything good. Well, last week we talked about the importance of God's Word, the Bible, being a centerpiece in our faith and in our life because the way that we live we get those instructions right here and so it comes off as these words are god breathed they come off the pages and they're breathed into our heart and into our life and so paul says to titus hey by the way these are these are people that are struggling i mean they're lazy They're evil. I mean, they do what they want to do. They're selfish at the core is the bottom line, okay? They have a sinful nature that's living up within them. Are they any different than we are? I know we don't like to look at ourselves and say we're an evil brute, but sometimes do we struggle with that? Sometimes do we do evil things and we say things and do things that we shouldn't say and do? Yes, we do. We struggle with that. And Paul says to Titus, you need to straighten that out. And he says the way that you do that is through sound, healthy teaching. And then in chapter 2 he even talks about there's various groups that will do that. And it starts by the older men and women teaching younger men and women. I don't know if you're aware of this, but for the last six months or so, we've been involved, some of our ladies have been involved in a ministry in this church called Apples of Gold, a mentoring program where older women are teaching younger women. Yes, teaching them about God's Word, but talking to them over a meal about life and about family and about relationships. Folks, that's a Titus 2 example, isn't it? And the way that that transforms us is as younger people, 
we are looking for older ones to show us how to live and to teach us what to do. It was going on then on the island of Crete. It goes on and is practiced even today in the life of the church and in the lives of what we're living right now. And you just think about the influence that younger moms, when they hear older grandmas now, look at them and say, you can do this. You can make it. You can live. And you can do it God's way. We need more of God's people looking at God's children and saying, you can do it. Hang in there. Because the easy thing to do is give up. Folks, when we give up, that is not practicing self-control. But rather, when we fight, and I mean we really get in there and we fight for the church and for our marriages and for our family and for our kids, when you do that, and you do it God's way, you're living self-controlled, godly lives in the fashion that He wants you to do. And you know what? You can't do that on your own. And so look what Paul says beginning in verse 11. For the amazing grace of God has appeared, and it offers salvation to all people, and it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The grace of God teaches us to say no to worldly junk and to be patient and to wait on God's timing. Teaches us to say no to all these worldly desires that are out there. And church, let's face it, we get caught up in it ourselves, don't we? But the amazing grace of God teaches us to say no to that and to wait on God. And while we wait, we live that self-controlled life that he wants us to live. And so, here's the point. Self-control is about giving up control. It's about believing that God is really in control and surrendering our lives to His will and purpose. I think there's a country song that says it like this. Let Jesus take the will. So, what areas of your life right now do you need to give up control on? And you need to invite Jesus once again to sit in the driver's seat and say, I've tried this on my own, and I'm making a pretty big mess out of it. And so, Jesus, you take the wheel. And here's the beautiful part. When Jesus takes the will, you know what we do? 
we're right there by him and we're following his every move and so you think about that is he not going to take us to greener pastures is he not going to take us places that will benefit us will he not take us and lead us to places that will be a blessing to our life yes he will but you know what we struggle with a lot of times we struggle with trusting that we struggle with you know I, I can't see it and I can't see the end result so I'm not really sure that I can buy into that folks we need to buy into it because God says it and it's a promise and it's reality and it will come to fruition you know why because he loves us he loves us so much that he wants the best for his children and he does that so how how do i get control first of all you need to let god's spirit guide you and i want to stress this in chapter 5 of galatians verse 16 paul says i say let the holy spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves remember sinful nature is always there that selfish desire is always there but paul says you follow the leading of the spirit and god's holy spirit is a lot bigger and it will trump the sinful nature every day all the time and so what you do is you realize self-control is not about trying hard it's not about working harder it's about giving up and so we control ourselves by giving ourselves over to God we gain control over our sinful desires by giving up control to God and letting his spirit hey it's not just there to make us look good it's there to make us live right it's there to make us do right it's there to make us say things that we can't say on our own but the spirit of God is working for our benefit and that challenge as Paul says let us keep in step with the spirit folks that's where it is that's where it is and we got to keep in step with it and you don't accomplish that by working harder I mean we're already tired enough right you don't work harder to gain it you just give up and let God lead you and he will it's like the story of the guy that falls off a cliff halfway down he grabs that branch and he's hanging on for dear life and it's 500 feet down 500 feet up and he cries out somebody has got to help me and then he hears this voice this is God trust me just let go and I'll catch you and he looks back down he looks up he looks all around and he says is there anybody else up there that can help me now you know why he says that even though he could hear the voice he couldn't see it and so when we're in trouble we want to see something not just hear it there is a God how does the song go he is alive and he's at work and he's asking us will you join me 
is God speaking. Will you join me where I'm at work? Instead of just trying to invite me to what you want to do. Instead of inviting him to our little party, let's join the mission of God. Will we do that? And as we mature and grow in the virtue of self-control, our sin will decrease and our godly character, that fruit, will increase. So you let God's Spirit guide you. You let the Bible, God's written word, direct you. And so here are some practical things that I want you to think about as we close this morning. Self-control is not only about the discipline to stop doing things that we shouldn't, but it's about the discipline to do what you should do, okay? And so as you develop that virtue of self-control, some amazing things are going to take place. Not only will your relationship with God grow and mature, but your relationship with other people will increase. So, for example, self-control is resisting temptation. Self-control is letting God provide the balance in our lives. Prioritize. Self-control is living at peace with one another and looking out for the good of others. Folks, look around this room this morning. Don't look at me for a minute. Look around, okay? I like that you're looking up here and paying attention, but I want you to look around for a moment. Living a self-controlled life, believe it or not, is realizing that the people in this room, they're not your enemy. The people in this room are good people. A self-controlled person says, I want to be at peace with those on my team. I want to be at peace, and I want to do good, and I want to know that Everybody in here will do good with me. That's a very biblical thought. It's a very unifying purpose. And why do we do that? Just to make ourselves feel better? No, we do that because that's the way that God wants us to live our life. So self-control is learning to control what we say, what we text, and what we post. Now, if you say something or text something or post something that you look at later and say, why did I do that? Get it off of there. Be self-controlled about it. Get rid of it. Don't post it. Don't say it. And let me say this. Don't ever say something or text something or post something about somebody else that you have, first of all, not said to that person. Wow, gets real quiet there, don't we? That's called gossip, and that's Satan working overtime at getting the people of God to stir things up. Folks, let's be godly about it, and let's practice self-control. And if you've got something you need to say, it's okay. Don't say it to that person not about that person, to somebody else, because that just makes the problem grow and get 
really large and really messy. And you know what? God says, if you'll just do it my way the first time, you won't have that problem. So that's an area of a self-controlled person that we need to practice. Self-control is letting God control us so that we build one another up, and it's only possible when God is in control of our lives. Now, here's a beautiful thing that will take place when you live a self-controlled life. You'll become a better spouse, a better parent, a better friend, a better employee, a better church member, if you want to say it that way. You'll become the person that God wants you to be in all areas of life. We'll be beautiful inside and out because more of God's character is showing right here in our life. Let's pray. Father, we pray this morning that you'll bless us. We pray, Father, that you will help us in the life that we live to just let you take control of all areas of our life. And Father, we want you to bless us like you always do. And we want to be a blessing to other people. But Father, we need to listen to these words this morning from your word about being the person and living the life that you've called us to live. And may we keep in step with your spirit every day. And may we realize that we have a great and awesome power that is at work in our life if we'll just tap into it. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your spirit that lives within us. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and Keith's going to lead us in a song. Go ahead and stand and if you are here this morning, I challenge you to allow the Lord to take control of your life. May that be our prayer this week. If there's anything we can do for you in a public way, we're here this morning as we sing this song. Please.